right, let's talk some overlooked stocks. George Tillis is standing by, our man with some movers that you missed, a viewer, today. All right, Mr. Tillis, tell us what's on your mind. Where do you want to start, OJ? Let's go with let's that exercise with the, the company, today, George. Do you want to, let's go with the workout you business. You want to start with fitness? Yeah. All right. Exponential fitness, uh, symbol XPOF. Uh, this is a reverse merger via SPAC, uh, July of the 23rd. And uh, one of the things about this company, OJ, I find out it's one of the leading boutique, and this is interesting, or important boutique uh, fitness studio concept companies out there. It's been around uh, over a decade. But uh, basically, what I kind of uh, uh, associate this business is, is we talk about the K-shaped recovery, where those who are doing very well are doing very well, and those who are not are not from mm -hmm. an economic standpoint. I'm going to put this into the upper echelon of fitness goers. Uh, they've got you know uh, clubs, about 1,850 studio clubs uh, that that uh, attract fitness gurus from Pilates to cycling to stretching boxing dance uh, fitness uh, there's a lot go to the website if you're interested you'll see what i'm talking about they operate in about 48 states and 11 countries uh today there's uh, some interesting news uh in regards to the company but to raymond james actually upgraded the stock to a strong buy uh and they actually see some uh, some potential growth opportunities for the name and in, in fact the uh the company exponential did announce uh, they did uh, get a master franchise agreement in Australia, and this will open up their uh, fitness studios to about 100 different locations in that continent uh, overall. But one of the things I noticed is the stock has been relatively stuck uh, trend-wise. It hasn't broken above its post-IPO high, which is around high 11s or $12. But the other thing about this business, it's, uh, again, the growth business and the fitness space. What I did notice is it looks like the majority of the revenue has to do with in-studio uh, activities. So uh, I think overall, uh, post-pandemic, this is an interesting name, but you have to keep in mind that uh, these cliche or if you will, boutique kinds of fitness brands and studios do compete with other full service health clubs. They also have to contend with other studio concepts, sports clubs and activities as well as, you know, at-home digital fitness, which is certainly a, a trend that has uh, evolved since the pandemic. Hmm. So uh, this is new on the block uh, and competing for some of the same attention for uh, the other workout trades we've been talking about, whether it's uh, Planet Fitness uh, or Peloton versus Nautilus. So uh, the camp that this one belongs in, George, is like something – something in between a little bit, right? I mean, like classes and more kind of like experiential yes. Pilates type stuff like a uh, Barry's boot camp or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, so they're basically group settings. It's not an individual workout. It's done sort of in a classroom with professional trainers and so forth. So, but the, you know, the, the people who subscribe to uh, the service, uh, they have access to all different uh, studios, regardless of their location. And some of the studios offer multiple classes of different varieties. So mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting concept. There are different fitness. Like F45. Uh, that people. Uh, Mark Wahlberg's thing. Get attached to. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. So FXLB if is that the ticker. Website, you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so the other thing is, is uh, you have to think about at-home fitness. And so I think Exponential seems to be moving more so uh, in terms of its driven growth. Uh, with some at-home fitness connectivity concepts as well. So I think they're going to be a hybrid player in the space, but I'm going to call this sort of an upper echelon 
uh, kind of uh, kind of a service or subscriber uh, who's looking again for uh, specific types of fitness with uh, specific types of crowds. The other thing I did notice, and I'll, I'll quickly uh, say this, is that mm -hmm. uh, looking at the company from a revenue standpoint, I did notice that the end of March, so Q1, that's the earliest information that I've got because it is a relatively new company via SPAC uh, reverse merger. Revenues were down uh, about 9% at 29 million. Uh, and it looks like uh, compared to 2020, 2021 uh, expectations are revenues to be down about 18%. What? So that's not necessarily what we want to see. No. But maybe Raymond James sees a potential turnaround. F45, uh, just like uh, three weeks ago, almost a month ago now, gave us earnings, uh, their first earnings report, and uh, their sales uh, increased and uh, their revenue rose. They're still operating at a loss, though. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of like a pick yes. your poison situation here. Which uh, fundamental metric do you value least? Revenue growth or profitability? And then you can pick your gym chain based on whichever one is less important. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, in this case, OJ, uh, it's, a, it's a revenue growth story. I think there's a lot of potential to expand their footprint, like I said, in Australia. That's a, that's a pretty remarkable deal for them. Okay. Uh, but I will say this, you know, from a trader's perspective, we've seen these SPACs just go parabolic, maybe put an alert around the $12 area, uh, and then, of course, evaluate it to your own discretion there. Okay. It's traded pretty similarly uh, to the other uh, company, F45, ticker FXLV. Both have just kind of slipped since their debut. All right, uh, George, interesting. So at least one analyst likes it. Strong buy. Strong buy from Raymond James. Okay. Uh, you got a few others for us, uh, George. Let's talk uh, Marin Software. Uh, really wild chart over the summer. Had that big, big, big jump, and then it came all the way back down. Today it was up 60%. So uh, what's going on here? I mean, this is... Uh, one of these e-commerce uh, kind of social tech plays. I mean, what exactly do they do? Yeah, so I'm going to put this in the cap of uh, ad technology companies. Okay. It's cloud-based digital advertising management software. Okay. Uh, uh, the stock traded for the most part for the for the most of the year until Ju July around the 150 area, dollar fifty. I mean, it ramped to the upside. It hit 24 bucks in July. I think this was also. Uh, a meme stock, so we have to keep that in mind. I didn't get a chance to look mm -hmm. at the short interest on it, but I think that has to do something with the movement. Okay. But essentially, as an ad tech company, it helps uh, manage ads for firms that uh, deal in search, display ads, social, mobile ad channels, and it right. helps improve financial performance, realized efficiencies, time savings, and of course, uh, improved business decisions. So I think at the end of the day, Oof, um, a there's a lot of competition in the space, but what was interesting, I didn't didn't know this. They actually had a deal uh, with uh, with uh, Google, and today they announced they renewed that deal, which is basically one uh, to develop its enterprise technology platform uh, in conjunction with Google. And one of the things mm -hmm. I did also notice is DoubleClick, which is a division of Google, competes directly with Marin. So what gives? Uh, this deal has been around since 2018. Uh, it's a small deal. You got to keep in mind that the uh, the revenues for the company. Uh, we're down about 16% year over year, and the market cap is very low at around 124 million, which means it can be pushed around easily. But DoubleClick is a competitor. I think Google is renewing this contract because I think Google's uh, trying to demonstrate to antitrust regulators that they're playing nice to competitors, mm. to be honest with you. And I think, again, uh, a small sliver partnership with Google, or at least uh, a collaboration, is going to be a huge boom to this company. So. Mm. Uh, I can't sanction buying it. It is still thinly traded. Top line sales were down 16%. It's got a lot of volatility and momentum. But overall, I think this is an interesting 
technology-based platform with a lot of momentum and volume behind it. Okay, so their deal with Google is that uh, depending on how many ads uh, or uh, get clicks from clients and how much they spend on the ads on Google yeah. platform, they'll share in the profit uh, from that. And they had a deal like That's this correct. before, but this has just amended it and, uh, and the stock loves it. Okay, George, you got one more for us. Yes. Okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna stay in tech, but we're gonna go over to uh, hardware. Uh, this is a chip maker that I think kind of got forgotten for a while there, but it's on the move again. Yeah. Amberella yeah. is soaring today up 10%. M&A? Uh, no. In fact, okay. what's interesting about Amber, and, and this is this is the case for um, a lot of stocks, OJ, but Amberella is basically a semiconductor uh, company. They right. produce semiconductors that are used for things like HD video, uh, chips sold for uh, for OEMs, uh, original equipment manufacturers for wearable devices, security cameras, automotive, uh, computer vision. We know that these are all secular trends that are, are very uh, promising catalyst or tailwinds to a company like um, like Umbrella. But today the movement might be market based, but also analyst based. KeyBank did upgrade their uh, their target to yeah. overweight. By the way, uh, on the name, to, they said it's uh, a highly attractive takeover target. Yeah, very, very, very attractive. But one of the things you'll notice, and this is the case for a lot of stocks, absent the takeover OJ, uh, is a gap and go. If you look at the earnings, which were posted back on August 30th, it just it hasn't stopped, and it's been up since then, which is let's say uh, what six or seven weeks now, up 60%. So a lot of times it pays attention to, or or it pays money to pay attention. To companies that post really great earnings and and show some uh, meaningful improvement price-wise, gap uh, 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 gap and go kinds of situations. Upstart is an example of that. If, if people are curious to kind of right. look at another competitor that we talked about, but but overall improving top-line sales growth last quarter relative to the previous quarter at 58 percent, also showing uh, a positive return to profitability. But I think the automotive sector uh, is certainly a uh, is a catalyst, but it also uh, a turn towards profitability is certainly another catalyst. And as you mentioned, I'm not going to speculate, but again, potential takeover Canada could be uh, for the name. I think the market cap is somewhere close between five and six billion dollars for a larger company. It's not uh, not too much uh, to absorb if uh, if they do decide to buy them. OK, so uh, this, I think, uh, did not get the flows and attention of the other autonomous vehicle plays earlier in the year. Uh, because those right. were extremely hot uh, areas to be in, as we all know now. But uh, their big unwind has been uh, now a quarter-long story, whereas Amberella is just taking off and going vertical here after that last earnings with the focus now from some of the analyst language and the company itself about the auto's AI. I think uh, this is something that uh, kind of went a little overlooked in terms of uh, the way to play that, definitely. that space. and. Well, that's why it's on overlook stocks, George. So we figured it out. That's right. Okay. Thanks, Mr. Tillis. Nice right, work. OJ. Yes, sir. As Thanks, always, OJ. The overlook stocks, movers that you missed in today's session.